Let me, let me turn your attention to, open to Judges chapter number 6. If you love the Word of God, just come on, smile and say amen. Isn't that great? Love the Word of God. Now today in, the, in this message, I'm, as I've said, I'm just going to get to the first part of this. But God has something to say to us. In Judges, there's a great story of a man we're going to look at today. And in this message, we're going we're gonna to see how that God often, now listen to this, God often uses unlikely people to advance his kingdom. Have you ever noticed that God calls those normally that you wouldn't pick or call? Like David. Like Moses. Like Jesus Christ, our Savior. His own brother says, oh, no, no. God's ways are higher than our ways. God uses unlikely people like you and like me. We're going to see in this teaching today how God can turn around the impossible situation, no matter how bleak it is. Maybe you're in a bleak situation today. That's no big deal with God. He knows no impossibilities. We want to see in this teaching today how that God often uses unusual means to accomplish his purposes. We're going to see how that God can restore whatever's been stolen from you or whatever's been lost, he can restore it to you. He's a restoring God today. And and, and, in a nutshell, I want to talk about faith today. Anyone believe that faith can move mountains? Faith can bring in the promises. Faith can move us forward to conquer in everything that God has called us to conquer in. So we want to talk about faith. And the reason I want to talk about faith is because the man that the story and the message will center around today is a man that found his name in the hall of faith. Now, you know where the hall of faith is, don't you? The hall of faith is Hebrews, what? Hebrews chapter 11. And we have different ones in the, in the hall of faith. We have Abraham, the father of our faith. We have Moses. We have Sarah's in there. We have other, and this gentleman just got his name in there, didn't tell his story, but we get to go back today to the book of Judges where it tells his story. But here's what it says in, you know, in Hebrews 11 1, it talks about faith being the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then it says in verse 2 there, it says, by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Now, who are the elders? The elders are those in the Old Testament that conquered by faith and those wonderful stories that encourage and enrich our lives. And then in chapter 11, verse 32 of Hebrews, it says this, What more shall we say? For the time would fail me to tell of, say his name, is it up there? Gideon. Gideon and Barak and Samson, Jephthah, David, etc. of Gideon. So we know that this story in Judges is a story about a man named Gideon. And it's a story about a man whose life demonstrated faith in it. So the message title today, there again, it's going to be a little bit abbreviated because I had my speech. But then again, that was a faith speech, wasn't it? That was a we can do it speech. But Gideon, the title, Gideon, a study in faith. Now faith is vital in Let me say it this way. Faith is vital in the economy of the kingdom of God. Now, here in the kingdom of America, there's a certain way that this economy works. There's a certain way that our lives function. 
But, but the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world is not the same. It's a different kingdom. It operates by different principles. And the, the, the way that we operate and move and, and advance in God's kingdom economy is by faith. It's by faith. It's vital. You say, how vital is it, Pastor? Well, faith is so vital that you cannot even enter a relationship with God by faith. Work, works won't do it. Your good deeds won't do it. Why? Because we're sinners. We've fallen short of the glory of God. I can't scrub my sin off. But God is this miraculous, incredible plan. It's the greatest thing in the entire world. It's called the gospel. It's the gospel. Come on. We ought to be the happiest people in the world that we've been chosen to be a part of gospel work. I can never save myself. I can remember as a little boy laying out in the clover in my backyard. And, there was, and I'm sad to tell you part of this story just because I had a neighbor across the street. His name was Bo. And Bo and I were laying in the backyard in the clover. And I, for some reason, I don't know why I said this. I was just a little guy. I probably was eight years old or seven years old. And I, I looked up. We were laying there, and it was all these puffy white clouds. And I said this. I remember saying this as a little boy. I wonder what God is like. I said that. Why would I say that? I'd never read the Bible that I know of. I'm sure that subconsciously I'd heard some verses somewhere. But I'd say, wonder what God is like. Even back then, my heart was reaching out toward God. But for many, many years, I lived without God. Many, many years. As I went through my teen years, I started sinning and really sinning more and more and more. And the sad thing is about that little story that I just mentioned, Bo committed suicide later when he was a senior in high school. Committed suicide over something very stupid. I read, I read yesterday how the suicide rate is so high right now. It's almost as high as it's been in years or maybe as high as it's ever been. And that breaks my heart. Why? Because there's a God that wants to have a relationship with us. There's a God that I can know and I can walk with, but I can't be good enough on my own. But there's someone, a glorious someone. His name is Jesus, that he lived a perfect life. He was born of the virgin 2,000 years ago, lived 33 and a half years, lived a, a perfectly sinless life. Listen, never sinned in word, never sinned in thought, never sinned in deed. And when he hung on the cross, he's the only one that died absolutely sinless. He's the only one that could have come and paid my sin debt. And he is the bridge. Because he's the one that said, he's, come on, he's the way. Do you know he's the way maker? And, and in this gospel that we preach from, it tells us how to come in relationship with God. And it is by grace that we are saved. Say this with me, through faith. And today, the good news is, you and I are not the same. We're different today. Our sins are washed away. That ought to make you want to sing. I was looking over some of you. I was kind of peeking, looking, peeking through one eye as I was worshiping today. And I thought, some of you look so sad. And maybe you were just concentrating. And I do that sometimes. I mean, you know, when we concentrate, we can kind of get serious and scowl. And somebody say, what's wrong? I'm, oh, nothing's wrong. I'm just focusing on the Lord. But let me tell you, you ought to be happy today. Why? By faith, we have our sins forgiven. And now we have righteousness. We have righteousness today. We have right standing with God today. How? By faith. I'm telling you, faith is vital. Faith is vital. How vital? Can't even please God without faith. Without faith, you can't please Him. And faith is not something that should be static. Something should be growing. 
We should be advancing in faith. God wants you to advance. You can't advance. You need to be in church. You need to hear your pastor speak the word of God over you and encourage you and equip you. You need to know who God is. You need to know his plan in your life. You don't, yeah, I'm telling you, you ain't getting that at Walmart. I heard someone say one time, all the church wants is your money. No, no, all Walmart wants is your money. No, we need finance to do the right thing. We need the finance to, to proclaim the gospel and build a great church here in this city. And so when you know, Paul commended the Thessalonians, he says, your faith is abounding more and more. How I many know faith is vital? And you're going to face some battles. There's battles. Maybe you're facing a battle right now. The only way to overcome those challenges is by faith. Resist the enemy through faith. So it's vital. So we come to this book of Judges. Let me give it to you quick. We come to this book of Judges. And we find in the sixth chapter, we find this man, or really we find Israel, and we find a man there that he focuses in on named Gideon. And man, are they in a precarious situation. They're in a precarious situation. And all of a sudden, the story opens up in chapter number 6. And in chapter 6, verse 11, this great figure called the angel of the Lord. The angel, you know, he shows up in the Old Testament. You ever notice that? says the angel of the Lord. Let me just tell you who I believe that is. I believe that's none other than what, who the Bible calls in the New Testament, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is not some created being. This is the angel of the Lord. And I, I wish we could do a study just on the angel of the Lord. As you look at his characteristics, he's God. He's, this is a theophany. This is God the Son showing up in the Old Testament, and here he is. Look at, look at the precarious situation Gideon's in. Chapter 6, Judges, verse 11. This will be on the screen reading. It says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which is in Orpha, and which belongs to, the, to Joash, the Abazite, while his son Gideon... Now notice what Gideon's doing. He's doing something strange. He's threshing, threshing wheat in a wine press. That's weird. Something's wrong here. Something's wrong when God's people are threshing wheat in a wine press. You ought to be squeezing out grapes juice in a wine press. How I many you know when things are not going well, we do some funny things as God's people? Notice this. Threshing wine and uh, wheat in a wine press. Now, now we know why. Look at this. In order to hide it from the Midianites, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and he said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now look at me. He don't look like a mighty man of valor. He's not acting like a mighty man of valor. He's acting the opposite. But God, listen to me today. Look at me. God wants to show you not what you think you are or where you are. The Lord wants to give you a new vision of who you really are in Him and what He wants to do in your life. What, what the Lord is doing here is He's given prophetic thinking. He's, he's, putting, he's putting faith vision in their lives. Now, I could, you know, they, there's these different groups that get together, and, and I don't want to be too specific here because I think they do some good. They try to do some good, and they go to these people have these problems where alcohol or whatever, and they go to these meetings, and the first thing they say is, I am, and, you know, and I won't say it, but I am this and I am that. You're never going to get out of where you are. You know, he could have said, well, you know, I'm, I'm hiding out and I'm just a, a, a wheat thresher in a wine press. I'm just a wheat thresher in a wine press. No, God says, I want to give you a new vision. 
I'm going to tell you what you're going to be, and I'm going to tell you what my plan is. I want you to get, a, I want you to get prophetic thinking in your mind. That's why God says, I want you to renew your mind. I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you know what? You could change your life today if you'll transform your mind by what the Word of God says. Stop, stop all that self-talk. There's people that have that self-doubt talk. They talk about it in the secular uh, psychology. They talk about it. But people do it. We all do it. We have this, this kind of prison thinking that we're trying to break out of. We've had it since our, our youth of how we were raised or what our parents said to us or failures that we've had. But the Lord said to him here, though he looked totally opposite of what the Lord, what he was going, what the Lord wanted him to be, looked completely opposite. But yet the angel of God, the Lord Jesus in a theophany says, I'm here to help you, you mighty man of valor. Listen to me. Come on, look at me. Stop saying what you, your failures are. Stop saying what you think you are. And stop, start saying what God says you are. Completely transform your mind. Completely transform your life. If you'll start saying what you are in God. You ever wonder how many positive statements there are? We're more than conquerors. I mean, have you said that this week? See, some of you are so insecure. Some of you are so beat up. That you believe the, 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 the junk of the enemy, you won't even say that. You won't even start on Monday and you won't even say, This week I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. It's like that one guy said, He said, he said What's, a, what's a more than a conqueror? He said, Well, when, I, when, my, when my employer gives me my paycheck on Friday, I'm a conqueror. And then when I go home and give it to my wife, she's more than a conqueror. <laughs> but the truth is this. The truth is the Lord is trying to pull him up. I want to pull you up today. You're never going to get out of where you are unless you start thinking different and talking different. You know, it's insanity to just keep doing the same stuff you're doing. You know, I mean, seriously, that's seriously, I'm being funny here. You can't just look at the treadmill and go, yeah, I'm going to get in shape. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to look at that treadmill. You know, it's sitting over there. You know what? I'm, some of you are talking, it's got clothes hanging on it. You know, I you got your suit hanging on it, got your underwear hanging on it. Come on. Hopefully clean underwear hanging on it. Come on. <laughs> you got to do something different. You got to break out from where you are. You say, well, I've been praying five minutes a day. Pray ten minutes a day. I've read two scriptures. Read ten scriptures. Read a book. Do something different. Activate your faith and watch what God will do. Gideon had a choice here. He had a choice to, to, to believe what the Lord has said or not. Are we going to do different here? Are we going to get busy? Are we going to get this building built? Are we going to win souls to God? Listen, the souls are not coming in by it's just like going, okay, I'm just going to, in my mind, hope they come in and watch all these cars go by. No, I need to do like this man right here, who for two or three hours, two Saturdays ago, he stood out in front of this building on a Saturday for two or three hours, and so did, so did Karen and, J, and JR. They stood out there and with a, with, a, with a sign, wrote on a poster board, and you know what it said? If you need prayer, pull in. We'll pray for you. God loves you. People, a few people pulled in, and people would honk. Why? God just put it in his mind one day. He didn't have a plan. God just put it in his heart, and he got out of where he was, and he said, he told me, I'm not letting fear control my life. I had trouble with fear that week. He told me. I hope I'm not being too personal. But he said, he, I was struggling with fear. And you know what he said? I'm not giving in. Amen. 
I'm not giving in to fear. And he broke out and said, I defy you, fear. I'm going to stand out here. If I look like a fool, I'm going to stand out here. Fear, you will not control my life. That's what I'm talking about. You're a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty woman of valor. Break out from where you are. He said, this is what my past has been. Listen, I've got a whole past myself. We all have a past of hurt and pain. It's not going to control me. I have people in my immediate family that I love dearly. Their lives are completely opposite of my life today. Their relationships are completely opposite. I have nieces that, uh, and that I love but are just completely a mess. They've chosen to live in a different way. The Lord wants to bless us, but we've got to activate our faith. We've got to believe what God has said about us. And God said we can do this. God said He's with us. God said His goodness and mercy is with us and following us all the days of our life. God said He's given us power to gain wealth and to confirm His covenant. God said, I'll be there when you cry. God said His comfort's with us. God said He loves us and He's going to be with us and His mercy endures forever. I choose to believe that versus the lies of the enemy, the lies of the devil. So let's get busy to believe in what God has said about us here. The angels appeared and said, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. And then Gideon, verse 13, I'm not even through reading this, I'm about done my time. I'm enjoying it. I don't know if you are. I'm really enjoying this here. This is a good Bible reading, isn't it? Verse 13, and Gideon said, and it's good to ask us ask questions because we need to get to reality. We don't need to live in some kind of fantasy world, but we need to live in the faith world. And faith doesn't ignore problems. Faith doesn't say there's not a mountain there, but faith says, hey, I know the mountain's there, but it's going to move because i got a father that's going to move it for me. He said, oh, Lord, if you're with us, why has all this happened to us? Did not the Lord... And then he says, uh, and, and where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, saying uh, to us, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. And then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this, your might, uh, in this might of yours. And you shall, you shall, look at this. Lord's so positive, isn't he? You're going to do something. You're going to save Israel. You're going to save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent you? Mm. That's amazing. Now, let me just, a couple of little nuggets here. Man, I got a whole message here. This may take weeks to get over. Let's, let's look at where Israel is. This, this story is very important. It teaches us a lot of things about faith. Now, the first thing that we see, and I'm not going to read the whole sixth chapter, and you know the story. The story is about you know this predicament they're in, and they're under the Midianite. They're being defeated, being robbed, just fearful, hiding. And then the Lord shows up to Gideon. God works in his life, and he goes out, to, in a nutshell, he goes out with 300 men, and they have pitchers, torches, and trumpets. And with 300 men, I think there was like, what, 135,000 Midianite army. I mean, you're talking about way out of whack as far as statistically. Looking in the natural, you know, if you're going to calculate, you probably want to send, you know, send, send treaty of peace. You don't want to get in that battle. You're not going to win that battle in the natural. But this is not a natural battle we're in. You hear that? There's not a natural battle. We don't battle against flesh and blood. We don't, we don't calculate like the world does. I mean, our God's the kind of God that takes a sack lunch of five loaves and two fishes and feeds multitudes. 
Our God's the kind of God that does unusual things, that has a, a young virgin Jewish girl in an out-of-the-way place in Israel to the Holy Spirit to come on her and the Son of God to be birthed in her, conceived in her, and give birth and change the whole world. So it's not about natural. It's not about calculating in the natural. We don't, we don't calculate that way. God's math is different. God's multiplication is different than our multiplication. All you need to know is if God has called you to do something and God has given you a word like he did, he did Gideon here. God said, you're going to go in this your mind. You're going to deliver Israel. That's all you need to know. Let God work out the details. See, the, the enemy wants to admire you in the details. The enemy wants you to get to overthinking something where that you're, you're yoked with the spirit of doubt and unbelief. I don't need to know. I don't need to know all the details. See, Pastor, where's the money going to come from? Where's all the money going to come from? I don't know. And I don't lose sleep over it. I sleep awesome. I have less stress on my life. We have, we're, we're about to launch into more than we've ever done. And I literally have less stress in my life than I've ever had before. I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm just going to put it with God. I'm going to do my job, do what God tells me to be, do, obey Him, golf every once in a while. Come on, amen. I had to, had to, throw, I had to, throw, I had to throw that in there. We have a new little tradition with some guys in the church here. You know that, uh, and by the way, I'm going to say this. Didn't my wife do an awesome job on Father's Day? I mean, she did a wonderful job on Father's Day. Now, here's the new tradition that me and some guys have. Because he, my wife's smarter than I am, and I admit that. And uh, she said, I said, why don't you pre speak on Mother's Day? And she, she said this. She said, well, I spoke on last Mother's Day, and she said it was the most stressful Mother's Day I've ever had. I'm all stressed out about the sermon, and I'm all tense, and I didn't enjoy the day. And she said, why don't you speak on Mother's Day and give me off? And she said, I'll speak on Father's Day and give you off. And I thought, man, that's working for me. I like that right there. I knew that was a word from the Lord. And so on Father's Day, it was true. It was the most stress-free Father's Day that I've ever had. Because I never get to come to church and just slip in here without leading and without preaching and thinking through everything and leading as the Holy Spirit leads. I came in here with that Saturday. Since I wasn't going to preach on Sunday, I wasn't having to prepare on Saturday. And Jason said, hey, Pastor, why don't we go golfing? And then Reese said, let's go golfing. And then Kevin said, hey, let's go golfing on Saturday. And so we went golfing on Saturday. And guess what? I slayed the enemy that day. I beat their brains out. I won't say what the score was, but anyway. And then afterwards, <laughs> Jason said, Shh, hallelujah. The Lord has triumphed. The Lord has given his servant the triumph. But we went out, and we had some great time of fellowship. And then we went out to eat afterwards. And then someone said, let's make this tradition. I said, praise the Lord. So, sweetheart, you're preaching next Father's Day. Come on, amen. She's doing it. But the Lord wants to give us the victory here. Now, what I want to say to you, and I've just kind of got the ball rolling on this, on this here, because I, I believe with all my heart that our faith in God will get us to where we need to go. God will lead us, He will guide us, and He'll direct us. But we have to walk in faith. Now listen, faith is not some ethereal, empty kind of, you know, the empty faith that we see in our modern culture today. 
completely empty faith, completely disconnected from a, a, a life of obedience, a life of humility, a life of service to God. It's, it's, it's almost like demonic faith where the devils believe and tremble. But no, you know what genuine faith is? You read Hebrews chapter 3 and you read Hebrews chapter 4 and faith in those chapters is synonymous with obedience. They didn't enter in because it says in some translations unbelief and then in uh, numerating standard it says they didn't enter in because of disobedience. So obedience or faith without obedience is not obedience, is not faith at all. It's emptiness. But if we will surrender ourselves to God, we will see his miracles. We'll see our church grow. We'll see people come in and be saved. We'll see families changed. We'll see greatness for God's glory. And that's our prayers lately have been this. My prayer lately has just been, God, bring glory to your name. Bring glory to your name. Bring glory, glory, glory to your name. So what God says is, you mighty man of valor, go in this your might. Go in this your might. Now you're in a place today, personally in your, in your life, you're in a place that maybe you're like Gideon, you're in a predicament. Maybe, maybe you've got sin in your life. We'll get, we're going to get back to that. I'm trying to preach. I've tried to preach it the other day, the same, same, same message, and I, right in the middle of the worship service, the Lord changed my heart, and I spoke on something completely different. And then today I just got to the scriptures and a little bit of encouragement. But you may be in a predicament today. You may be a child of God. Listen, I know this can happen to God's people. That you, You're a child of God, and you've been truly born again. You've been truly converted but somehow, maybe disobedience, probably disobedience, and you're in a place of bondage can happen. I've, I've seen God's people get in bondage, and they, they get in predicaments, and you say, how am I going to get out of this? Well, you're not going to get out of it by just doing the same thing and threshing Threshing wheat in a wine press and hiding from the enemy. You got to go face your enemy. You got to be courageous. And courageous people are not people that don't ever experience fear, but courageous people are like Brother Jason. I said, you press through and you say, I- I'm, I'm not living this way. My, my mother in law, my late mother in law, used to say this, and you that, are, you that are Texans will understand this kind of phraseology my mother-in-law used to say you you just got to get your belly full you know that just means you got to get fed up with where you are and until you get fed up you'll stay you'll keep you'll keep threshing wheat in a wine press you'll keep hiding out but if you hear the word of god where you are right now in your defeat in your predicament if you hear god say to you today you mighty man of valor you go in this your might you hear that Victory's coming your way, and glory's coming to God. Won't we stand? Thank you, Lord God. Blessed be the Lord. Could our musicians come, please? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I, I just have felt such faith released in this place that literally, I, I'm, it's almost like God has done the work in our hearts already, hasn't He? It feels like something's transpired. 
something's advanced in, in our spirits in the Lord. And, but God wants to give you victory. You've got to change your thinking. How many of you say, Pastor, I've already made up my mind. When you said that, it convicted me. I'm going to change my thinking. I'm going to change my speech. And I'm going to begin to say what God says. And, and I'm going to do what... I memorized this verse years ago. Psalm 191, verse 3. I was about 16 years old. Psalm 191, verse 3. Set a watch, O Lord, on my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. We need to guard our lips. Speak only what God says for us to speak. And He's going to speak things in your spirit. I'm going to say it again. I feel quick. I'm going to say it again. That... You, all you may see around you is defeat, bondage, discouragement. But all of a sudden, the Lord showed up, and he's saying, You mighty man of valor, go in this your might, because you're coming out. Pray with me. Father, today, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, your people needed these words today. Lord, your people needed to hear faith words spoken into their spirit, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would break the spirit of doubt. Every fiery dart that has lied to your people, those lies that said you're going to be sick and you're, going to, you're never going to get better, those, those lies that, that bring us down, those lies that say you're never going to break out of this bondage, you're never going to break out of these habits and addictions, you're never going to break out of these bad relationships, all of those are lies. The God of heaven is for us today. And the Lord says, get up in your spirit. Get up and, and, and advance. Begin to make up your mind that you are the person that God says that you are. And that the Holy Spirit of God is with you to enable you to do God's perfect plan and perfect will. Now, as our heads are bowed, just for one moment here, maybe you're here this morning and you are away from God and you need to come to the Lord today. If that's you, Pastor... I have sin in my life, and I need to come and restore my relationship with God. I don't want to walk out of this place with sin in my life. I know that God loves me. I know He's willing to forgive me, but I have to ask Him. And today, I, I need to deal with something that is keeping me in bondage. And I want, to, I want to confess that sin to God. I want Him to cleanse me, and I want Him to give me a new start. If that's you, as our heads are bowed, very private moment here. I want you to lift your hands. And by lifting your hands, you're just saying, pray for me, Pastor. Let me see your hand. God bless you here. God bless you here. Other hands. God bless you here. Others. Hands. God bless you here. We're going to deal with this today. Pray for me, Pastor. Let me see your hand. I see your hand over here. I see your hand here. Hands are going up. The Holy Spirit's dealing today. I feel it. He's dealing. We're going to deal with these things that have kept us out of the best. And God's going to help us. Anyone else want to be included in this prayer? Right now, just lift your hand real quick if you haven't lifted it. And you're just saying, pray for me, Pastor. God bless you here. God bless you here. Hands going up. God bless you here. We're going to obey God. God bless you here. You can put it down after I see it. Anyone else want to be included in this prayer? God bless you here. God bless you here. Hands are going up. We're saying yes. We're going to obey God today. I see your hand here. Jesus, I see your hand here. I see your hand here. God hears, God hears your heart today. God, God sees your heart today. Now, as our heads are bowed, just for another moment, just I want you to focus in here. Do not be distracted. Listen to me. You raised your hand because you're saying, I'm serious about this. 
not playing games. This is not a quick fix. This is not, yeah, I want to get forgiveness and I'm going to walk out and I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing. No, I'm surrendering my heart to God today. I am surrendering to His plan, His purpose, and His will today. And I need Him to deal with this sin. So I want, I want to do this. You pray that I'm going to pray a prayer. But now me praying it doesn't mean anything unless you pray it in your heart and in your life. But let's do this. Let's do this. Let everyone, everyone, whether you raise your hand or not, but especially those who raised your hand, pray this prayer and say it. Now, don't, there again, just repeating something is worthless, but I believe that the Lord can help us to, to connect with Him through this. You mean it in your heart. Everyone say this out loud. loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I have sinned against you. Say that again. I have sinned against you. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. I cannot shake this. I cannot break out of this on my own. I need your help. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. And I ask you to break bondage from my life. In the name of Jesus. Your word says that if I confess my sin, that you are faithful and that you are just to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I thank you for hearing me today. I thank you for rescuing me today. I thank you for giving me a brand new start. In the name of Jesus, help me to serve you. Fill me with the Holy Spirit to live an overcoming life in the name of Jesus. Now I want you just to take a moment and thank Him for hearing your prayer today. I want you to thank Him. I want you to thank Him. If you meant that in your heart, I want you to thank Him for His mercy. Because by faith we trust that He's heard us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, today. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your compassions today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, today. Thank you, Father, today. Now look at me just a moment here. We prayed that prayer, and I believe you meant that prayer. And The Lord loves you. He's, he doesn't hold things over us. It's not what He does. But He's given you the responsibility to walk in the victory. You're going to have to read your Bible and pray. Not as a law, but just as a, as a means of grace to stay strengthened and, and be useful for Him. The greatest thing you can do to stay close to God is, is, number one, to pray and read your Bible. Those are two indispensable means of grace. But thirdly, to serve the Lord. God created you. There's so, many, so much brilliance in this room. I'm telling you, the longer I live, the more I'm amazed at human beings. How that we can glorify God in all the talents and abilities. Many in this room have the ability, whatever, to work on computers or to, or to uh, you know, sell something or to, to sing or to organize. I mean, just the, the, just the talent in this room is astounding. God wants you to surrender that to Him to benefit His gospel and to move the church forward and to proclaim His name in the earth. Serve Him. Don't, don't come and just sit. Get involved in some way to serve the Lord. You say, what is that? Pray about it. Ask God what He wants you to do. He's got a lot of ideas. Amen? A 
lot of ideas. So one more time, pray with me. Father, today I thank you for just moving us forward as a church. I want everyone in this church to be an overcomer. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't even matter what we've done this week. We're washed, we're cleansed, we're loved. And now empower us. Empower us to do things that would even astound us. Let these young people that are in this building know that they can do everything you've called them to do. Take their creativity of the young generation. Harness it for your gospel. God, the technology and the ability on mobile platforms like YouTube and these to immediately touch hundreds of thousands of people. Lord, we know there's a lot of evil out there, but Lord, let us take it and use it for the glory of God. We don't want the devil to have these things. Father, I pray today that you would release. Lift your hands right now, church. I pray, Father, that in this church, you release a people, a spirit of faith. Release a gift of faith in this church that every week we're believing God for greater things. That every week we have people in this congregation that are believing for the supernatural. That are, set, that are asking God to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Give us faith, people. Banish doubt and unbelief from this church. Lord, and when we speak doubt and unbelief, let us come under deep conviction from the Holy Spirit and ask for forgiveness because, God, you're the God that is for us and not against us. And so, Lord, we thank you. Now, just lift up Jesus. Come on, lift his name up. Lift him up. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, worship him. Come on, honor him today. Bless him for his great goodness. Hallelujah to the Lamb. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. Well, I could go on and on. I'm full today. But I won't. We have service on Wednesday evening. You service here tonight. But we have Wednesday service, a good oasis in the week. We're very cautious with our time. We know people work long, busy hours. I'm very, I'm very careful with our time on Wednesday. We start on time. We sing a few songs. We bring teaching. We have something for your children. And uh, because we do respect your time. But it's been great to be with you today. As we dismiss today, let's, let me just bless you. Father, today, I'm so grateful for this service today. Lord, I'm thankful that we could just be together on this Lord's Day. Now I'm going to pray over you and bless you with the, with the scripture that God gave us to name the church. Trinity Life Church came from this verse. 2 Corinthians 13 and 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And everyone who receives it says a hearty amen. God bless each of you. Be, uh, be friendly as you're dismissed. God bless you today.